Hello and welcome to another episode of If, of if We Can Just Say. <laughs> Whoopsie. Do you all have a case of the Mondays like I have a case of the Mondays? <laughs> we are recording Monday before release day instead of Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot going on. Woo! We had family in. We had all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, I was going to say what's new. Uh, well. Whirlwind weekend. Yeah, tell them about it. Oh, whoops. Also, I am Jessica Carter Ogle, and with me, as always, <laughs> is my husband, Stephen Ogle. We were out to a banger <laughs> of a start. Laughter Ooh. from the audience. Yeah. Yes, we had family in this weekend. Uh, my cousin Katie and her husband Darren came to visit. It was a bit of a whirlwind. They live in Florida, um, in Denellen. They moved to be closer to my aunt and uncle, her parents. Yep. Um, they're teachers, so they get Martin Luther King Jr. Day off. Um, and they came to visit. It started to become a little tradition when she was in college. She would come that weekend, coming from warmer weather. She always liked to get some cold weather in there. What a crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they came in. Um, but, yeah, it was short. They got in about 4 o'clock on Friday. So I picked them up after work. And then I dropped them off at the airport on my lunch today. Yeah. So, and I know they had a layover and it just got delayed like an hour. So they won't be getting in till about like 10 and they've got like a two hour drive. Yeah. Hour and a half, two hours, something like that. And then they probably have to do a little shopping or something for groceries, maybe who knows. And then they got two dogs that haven't seen them in three days. Yep. Yeah. They're going to be up late tonight. That's the thing. Yeah. When you've got like animals, like you can't be gone for a few days or even like eight hours like if you get home at midnight you know you've got you've got to play with that animal and you know give them some love and take them out and give them some snuggles yeah so yeah but they came in friday and i did my my patented taco party (laughs) which seems to be like my go-to thing i hate the like just ordering pizza i feel like ordering ordering pizza is just becoming like too much and it's like spending a bunch of money ordering all this pizza. I never really want to eat it leftover. So I've just started doing like my taco night, put my meat in my crock pot, do all my stuff. And then you can eat on it so much easier for the next couple of days. There's so much more like protein. I'm like, we, you know, we do meal prep. I was able to use any of that extra meat in meal prep. And that's no different than what we would normally eat. And the taco stuff is always better than pizza, in my opinion. I'd rather have tacos, which if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that we love tacos. We've talked about that, uh, you know, at nauseam, I think, at this point. Um, But you're doing your, like... And we will continue, because we love tacos. Uh, I like to do the 92% lean. But pizza, I'm I'm not all... I'm I'm not for pizza. It's so heavy feeling, too. You eat the pizza, you eat the bread, and then you're, like, bogged down. No, I mean, we're not lying. We love pizza. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but... I got a... Years worth of pizza kits in my freezer right now from Little Caesar Pizza Kids. Yeah, but I'm I'm good with pizza being like once a month or something yeah. like that. I don't need it to be. Yeah. I don't need it to be. Oh, more people are coming over. Let's get pizza again. Well, in your, I don't know. I'm never as happy when I order it. Like so, Friday, like I said, we did taco night. We had my parents and my brother come over, and Katie and Darren, and we all had drinks and talked and hung out, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and then the next day we went to my parents for breakfast. And my dad did his pepperoni and eggs. I don't know if you guys have ever had pepperoni and eggs, like, cooked in the eggs together. Like, the they fry the pepperoni a little bit, drain it, like, really good, and then cook it in with the scrambled eggs. Oh, my God. 
and that was my first time having it. You had never had it? I had never had the the pepperoni and eggs. Oh, no. gosh, it's so good with like, least, some crusty Italian bread toasted. and. It is possible that I've had it, and I just forgot just because there was bacon there, and that's what I remember the there most. There wouldn't have been bacon with it because it would have been its own like side meat like no bacon no ham because of that so and i don't think i've had it there's a t- I, I i'll say there's a 99 percent chance i've never had it yeah until this week it was good yeah it was pretty good and then we did shopping had a tj maxx day with my um mom and my cousin and the boys went to best buy yeah so you know we had our gender um <laughs> split all the boys went to best buy and the girls went to tj maxx and target your, your dad said something funny he was like, man, it's great having a tall guy in the store with you. Cause he, he was like, where's Steven? Oh, and he's like, oh, Dar- Darren's like, oh, he's over on that aisle. Like, because he's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he's, yeah. t- he's a tall dude, so he could see me over the As aisles. opposed to me looking for my mom in TJ Maxx, and I can't see her over the aisles because she's too short. So if the aisle I just have to walk around half, yelling, Karen, Karen. If, if the aisle was cut in half in height, you still wouldn't see her. Yeah, Love you, take Karen. down a couple of shelves and maybe... <laughs> But then, you know, we went back there and, you know, we're hungry. And like I said, the pizza kits, like my dad made um, two of like the thin crust pizzas. And even that, that my dad made was just so much better than anything we would have ordered. And I had one piece and one breadstick because I was just like, I don't want pizza. But it was good. I just I don't want pizza again. I'm already sick of pizza. You can't say (laughs) again. You didn't even have it. We had we had. uh, We've had pizza not too long ago. I, One of the last times your parents came over, we had pizza. No, my dad ordered pizza when he came over. We didn't have it. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, I prefer, I always prefer to eat at home, though. I always prefer to make the taco bar or make something in the crock pot, make a soup, make something that people can eat off of, or I prefer to have the pizza kits and cook them myself and make them myself and. I'm just not huge in going out. Like you asked me not a long time ago, not a a little bit. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm sorry. I'm so tired from this weekend. My words are, I've been <laughs> saying things like I've got like a brain issue. Um, not too long ago, you were like, I know you like to get dressed up and go to a nice restaurant. Let's make a reservation. And that was before Christmas. I know. And I haven't been able to find a weekend where I wanted to commit to it. And I'm also like stressed out trying to find the restaurant, thinking about how much we're going to spend on it. And what if it's not as good? I'm like, oh, my gosh. Always I'd wait. ask for a recommendation from the audience, but I'm still waiting for that travel agent. So, <laughs> yeah, but we had a good time. And then Sunday. What did we do? My mom made spaghetti dinner. Yeah, she made her regular spaghetti dinner. Her spaghetti dinner dinner is amazing. It's so good. She's like, I think it's almost like grandma's. And I'm like, I think it's as close to grandma's as it'll ever taste for you because the element of grandma making it, it's impossible for it to taste like hers. Yeah. Just like when I get to the point where I'm making it, the next time she makes her sauce, I want to make it with her. This time Katie was here and like we didn't really have the time. But next time I want to make it with her. And I know mine will never taste as good as my mom's or my grandma's. It'll be good. Like I'm sure everyone will love it. (laughs) Of course everyone will love it. I made it. But I'm sure everyone will (laughs) love it. But to me, like there's something about like even just like doing Christmas dinner. Like I and it's literally like warming ham and frying pierogies and mashing potatoes. But I'm still like and it's good, but it's not like my parents made it. Yeah. Not that one's better or worse. It's just different. It's different. That's definitely what it is. It's not. It has nothing to do with. It has to do with the sentimental. Yeah. 
like, connection. When your, we brain were has at, a, your brain has a sentimental connection to your mom making it. So exactly. when you make it, you're like, oh, it's not, it's not as good. It's it's the same thing. You did the same ingredients. You used the same stuff. It's just. And I just have those memories of my grandma. Like, it's funny. There was one birthday I had after my grandma had passed away. And I must have been off that day. Or I always took my birthday off. and Or I at least will work remotely. But my mom and I were shopping in Target. And it was my birthday. And I am not kidding you. I like pulled a shirt off a rack and I was like smacked in the face with the smell of my grandma's spaghetti cooking. Like I could smell her sauce as if I was standing in her kitchen on Sunday. And I was like, oh my gosh, grandma just wished me happy birthday. Like I am not a spiritual person, but that happened. And I'm like, I believe in some things, but I'm like, that was just so cool. And I'm like, even that, like my mom's sauce doesn't, it smells amazing, but it doesn't smell like that sauce. It could, they could be standing side by side making the same exact thing and it's not going to taste the same. Yeah. Just like when we were at your house or your mom's house and you found that seasoning recipe of your dad's that you really want to try and we'll put it together and we'll make it and we'll use it. But I guarantee you it's not going to taste the same. No, it won't taste like his. I mean, we'll still do it and we'll eat it. And I'm happy to have any kind of recipe we can find from him or my grandma or my mom or anybody and kind of keep traditions and things they did going. But yeah, it's I mean, just that's always different. That's just part of it. The nostalgia of it. Hand me down recipes. Yeah. But so. Yeah. Uh, and amongst all that, we watched uh, some NFL football. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Football. Um, the uh, the games were fun to watch this weekend. I'm not a huge NFL guy, as you guys know. I pay attention more to college. College is over. Georgia destroyed TCU last Monday. Darren's I mean, a football guy, though. Yeah, NFL. Darren's a football guy. Um, your dad and brother are football guys, and and I'm I'm fine watching it. It's just the NFL is not something that I put on just to to have in the background or anything like that. So I was on my phone, but I was paying attention. That sort of thing. Um, there were some good games, though. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed the uh, Jacksonville Chargers game. That was probably the best game of the weekend because the Chargers, they're the first half, the best player on the for the char the best player on the field for the Chargers was the Jacksonville quarterback who threw four interceptions. Wow! And then in the second half, he made corrections and stopped throwing to the wrong team and started throwing to his own team. Um, and after going into the half being, um, being, uh, 27 to seven, they came back and won the game 30 to 27. So she just gave me a sign for show me your beard. I don't even know what she's talking about. I'm trying to talk about sports. This is what happens, folks. I'm trying to tell about sports, and then she gives me some cryptic message that makes no sense at all. He didn't read it right. I, I have our dry erase boards, and I wrote something on his that I couldn't remember, oh and gosh. I didn't put it on mine. So I wrote him a note, show me your board, and he's like starts pulling on his beard. I'm like, what beard. do you mean my beard? Oh, my gosh. Anyways, back to what I was saying, folks. Uh. More proof that my wife doesn't care about sports. She wasn't even listening to what yes, I was saying. Yes, I was. Jacksonville guy played for other guys. Um, but, yeah, so Jacksonville came back and won. It was a great game. Uh, f- very fun to watch. Um, that game was cool. Um, was that the last night game? No, that was uh, Saturday night's game. Last night I was partially comatose, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Last night the uh, Cincinnati and um, 
Ravens game, Baltimore Ravens game. Uh, by the time that game came on, I was sick of football. And I, I like Cincinnati. I like their quarterback, Joe Burrows. He used to play for LSU. I'm a huge LSU fan, so I always root for Joe Burrows. Um, so I, I wanted Cincinnati to win, and they ended up winning, which is cool. Um, and then Buffalo, Buffalo won as well. So if you've paid attention to the sports world and the fact that a, a Buffalo player had a cardiac arrest in week 17 in the middle of the game, um, they ended up, they canceled that game with very good reason um, and, and didn't finish it or anything like that. So um, it's nice to see the NFL have like humanity trump for once. I don't even know that it was necessarily um, NFL. I, I just know that the head coaches both and players were just like, we're not, fin- we're not playing this game. We're not going to come back and play this game. Like it's got, it's got, you know, bad karma on it, bad mojo, muju, whatever you want to call it. Like they were saying those sort of things. And I agree. That's cool. But next week they play each other in Buffalo because Cincinnati mm-hmm. won and Buffalo won. And that's just how the seeds work. And so they get to play each other and, and uh, I might pay attention to that game a little bit. I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for Buffalo to go all the way or Cincinnati go all the way. So whoever wins that game is who I'll root for to make it all the way because I don't like anybody else pretty much. And uh, the Cowboys play tonight. So for all my uh, all of our listeners out there that are Cowboy fans, I'm sorry, but I hope they get destroyed by Tom Brady. I hope he just puts up 70 on them. I hate wow, the Cowboys. 70. I hate the Cowboys. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so that's – we. Filled it with football in the background while hanging out with family. And it was and a I, great time because last night I think we spent more time talking than watching football, yeah. which was cool. And I would also like to say um, Soph made one of her best friends in the whole world with Katie. Katie and Darren. <laughs> but Katie is a dog person. Like she's got two pitties. Yep. She volunteers, you know, she's volunteered at dog rescues and shelters. So she is high energy. She's always been that way. So her and Sophia had many, many play times. More aggressive play than I was like super. <laughs> I was like, I I don't like the hands in the mouth play. It makes me nervous because anything can happen, even if it's an accident. But Katie's just sticking her hands in there, and I'm like, oh my god! And nothing happened. They had fun. They had a great time. They were best friends. Like when they first came in, um, so barked at them a little bit and all this and. But they're dog people. They understand that. They understand yep. that the dog's not sure of you. It's going to bark by, at you. It's going to walk by you a little bit. It's going to leave. And when it's comfortable and ready to be your friend, it'll come up and tell you. And by Friday night, they were friends. And they had playtime this morning. And Soph is like, she's exhausted. She oh, looked yeah. sort of like eyes rolling in the back of her head on the couch. I'm sure tomorrow when everybody's gone and I'm working from home. And I'm in she, office. She will be conked out on the yeah. couch just trying to recoup because i worked from home today um which is unusual for a monday but i had to take them to the airport and i'm tired <laughs> i knew i would be there's no sense in going in um at the last three hours of no the day. that, that no. doesn't make sense so um but yeah we had a good weekend with them it was good to see them so hopefully we'll see them again soon figure out how to yeah do that this year. Do that. that'll be cool and i just I'm ready for some relaxing time. I feel like, and for them too, like Katie and I talked about it, like Kelly visited my aunt and Katie last weekend. So they had Kelly in last weekend. Great time, wonderful time. But then they were here. That's two super busy weekends in a row. No matter how much fun you're having, it's exhausting. We had your mom in for almost a week. And then, you know, we had at Christmas. So I just feel like we've had like a lot of go, go, go. And now I'm like, wow, it's already mid-January. Yep. 
and like I just want to relax and like next weekend I mean we do have a plans next weekend because it is the last weekend for the Vincent van Gogh exhibit of at the DIA the Detroit Institute of Arts yeah so I want to go and I bought tickets and we're going to the DIA and we're going to recreate our first date um, and get dinner where we where we met and you know in downtown Detroit so that'll be fun and I think we'll be fine when we get there but like after that I feel like it's like one thing or nothing like he makes fun of me about the calendar but like thing there's always something happening like for instance I woke up this morning and he had bought concert tickets for two more shows and that was in my calendar (laughs) thankfully I'm only going to one he's going it'll be his thrice show with Ricky not to be confused with seeing thrice but just three shows oh man I hope to see thrice oh and so I'm like, all right. And those shows are literally one of the tickets he bought gives us a concert on a Wednesday, a Friday, and a Sunday of the same week. So I'm already like getting anxiety about that. <laughs> so like I have to go in our calendar and in February and March I put week I put like nothing weekends. Like we can do something last minute if we want, but like no planning things with other people. No, like, like I need to make sure like we do that. Cause we both get burned out and like my mom will make fun of me or whatever for that. But like, I need that. I work 40 hours a week and you know, like I'm not, I don't have like all the time. Like I need to make sure I take time for me. I think that's a generational thing with our generation trying to be more you can quote unquote self-care mock that make fun of it or whatever but in our mental health days and whatnot but that stuff is needed there's a reason people burn out and it's like I don't I don't want that yeah and in in my case I I the only way I recoup is having nothing on the calendar so for me I don't feel like I've recouped since before Christmas so I'm starting to get hit like past empty like i'm the 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 engine's gonna stop and these are also the times and our weather has been cold and rainy and these are the times when you can get run down when you can get sick and it's like i don't want to do that so people can make fun of me all they want (laughs) but i know what i need to keep my sanity and that's what i'm doing yeah so we got a few more couple concerts for those that may be wondering that other concert i added was uh norma jean with ricky which is going to be awesome that's in february the other one is elise trow uh we might have talked about her before she's a, a drummer keyboardist guitar player bass player singer keyboardist uh she does it all on stage she does with that kind of looping. stuff yeah with the looping where she yep. plays like something on the piano and then loops it and then the drums and loops it and then she plays the live guitar with it so it's cool I, yeah i will say for me a lot of her stuff sounds very similar a lot of her songs kind of sound the same to me i do like her she opened for incubus and i enjoyed it yeah i think maybe a musician can tell i'll report back to you guys in march and see how i feel but normally i'm like oh it sounds like the other one yeah She's uh she, she's been around for a while and now she's doing a headlining tour at small venues so I'm pretty yeah, excited for yeah she's gonna be cool. at a bar in Detroit I've never even heard of so yeah it'll be fun yeah and a small venue I like small venues yeah. especially seeing artists that I like really enjoy their music yeah. I like seeing them in a small place which is really cool yeah. um so speaking of uh artwork and or creative creativity and working creating creating and working and working 40 hours or more hours how would it be if you put in i don't know say you worked on a project for three months and then the company that 
it, the production company that's involved with it goes, ah, eh, we're not going to put that out. Yeah. And then you can't use it on your resume at all. You can't even say that you even worked on it publicly in any sort of way. You can talk about it in conversation, but you can never put it on your resume. And for those wondering, um, I buried the lead a little bit, but this has been a conversation in the entertainment industry here as of late where businesses like HBO Max, they record a show, film a show, and get the entire season done and then put it as a tax write-off and don't release it. And then none of the people that worked on it can actually have in their portfolio that they worked on it i feel like because of the tax write-off people are getting shows are getting canceled right and left like there's a show on hbo max called minx i wanted to watch yep um it takes place in the 70s it's about like a woman working at like um a sexy mag like a playboy or something like that yeah um but it was supposed to be good and like satirical and i have it on my list and i was actually gonna pick it there were two shows I was going to pick from for my next short show. I did not pick it. I picked something else we're watching. But then I saw that HBO Max canceled it for the tax write-off. But yep. Stars, I guess, is going to pick up the second season. But I don't have Stars, And, you know, I told him, I'm like, I will not have everything. And we have so many other platforms. Yep. We've got Netflix and Paramount and all of this stuff. And it's like, let's watch the stuff on there first. So I'm like, okay, there's no Minx for me. There's no... For those people that watch Snowpiercer, there's no fourth season. It'll just be filmed sitting on a shelf. Yep. And that's the same for Minx, too. They filmed the entire yeah. second season. It's just sitting on the shelf until it, until it airs on I Stars. I don't even understand how a lot of the cancellations, like, even, like, so that Magnum P.I. that was on CBS, yep. it was it had about four seasons, I think. It was one of their highest grossing shows, like, aside from, like, NCIS, but it was, like, up there. Cult fan following, high grossing, and they were like, no, we're done with it. And the fans were like lost their mind about it, so NBC picked it up. Yeah. So that's continuing. So that's not the same thing, but it's just one of those things. I don't understand how those decisions are made. These, I'm, I guess, I get with like the tax write-off, but even stuff like that Batgirl movie that they said was made, yeah. but they're not going to release it. So there's a girl that I follow on Twitter. Her name is uh, Karina McKenzie, and she's a writer. Um, in you know, in Hollywood, she writes movie scripts and, and TV scripts and stuff like that. And she said that this kind of stuff's been happening for decades, that now it's just now hit the public eye that it's a thing that's happening on the I feel basis. like probably because there's so many streaming services and so many shows now, the volume is up more yeah. so that you're noticing it more. You're noticing. So I just watched over spring break. I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys. Uncoupled with Neil Patrick Harris. Spring break, you mean winter break? Oh, my gosh. Well, I told you guys, brain issue today. <laughs> Uncoupled with Neil Patrick Harris. I loved it. I, it's, it was only eight 30-minute episodes. I binged it, like, the weekend after Christmas while he was down here doing his stuff. And I was I knew how it was going to end. I was like, is this going to be one season or is it going to have a cliffhanger? And I could tell what they were doing. I'm like, no, how it's going to end. It's going to have a second season. And my friend just posted online that it was canceled. Even with Neil Patrick Harris yeah. that canceled it? See, that's just crazy, And I'm like, man. why did it get canceled? It was so good, and it was different. It was, you know, Neil Patrick Harris played a homosexual man who was with somebody for 17 years, and then they, like, surprised him by moving out. And not something tawdry to cheat on him or moving with somebody else, but just, like, he was like, I'm not happy anymore. I'm not sure about this. He leaves. It was very real. It was heartwarming. It was funny. It had character growth and everything. And I'm like... This is nice to see something different that's not just the same thing you see all the time. I really enjoyed it. 
So, um, so this girl, uh, Karina McKenzie, she, she gave an example on her twitty, Twitter feed about how, let me give you the full rundown. She's like, so I have a new project. I've completed my rough drafts and all that kind of stuff for my portfolio of how I would, you know, pitch it. I've got my pitch completed. She's like, then I got to go pitch to all these networks until somebody picks it up. So she's like, maybe I do eight pitch, pitch pitches. Maybe I do 10 pitches, all these streaming services, all these other channels. She does all these pitches, which can be very stressful. It's a, you know, some of these pitches could be an hour or more. Um, some of them are a couple hours because they ask a ton of questions. And even Kevin Smith has talked about how he did a pitch for doing a, a Mallrats TV show. And every single person was like, oh, man, I remember Mallrats. I love it. That was great. Ah, but I just don't think it's for us. So this girl, same sort of thing. That's what happens. And then finally somebody grabs it. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. We're going to make this show. We're going to put money behind it. Cool. And they make the show and she gets paid for it. But then they go, eh, we're not going to air it. Tax write off, put it in the can, set it on a shelf. And, and she, it's not like she can have it back. She can't have it back because she sold it to them. Yeah. And it sits on a shelf. And then she has to fight with lawyers, of which she said she has done before for one of her projects. She fought to get it back, but it took her a year and a half to get the project back. I mean, it's a different like, industry. And it's a different industry, but like when you think about that, that's like, that the way is, it works. It does. It's not cool. No, but, but when you sell, it's it sucks that you have to sell so much of your project to make it happen. That we have so many like monopolies and conglomerates, and so many like high up people that you have what you have to do to get like your art out there. Yeah, it's um, it's too bad. Yeah, and, and and imagine being imagine being a musician. You're under a label. You go into the studio. You record thirty songs, and you have your pick of the songs that you want. And then you, you, the producer goes, "No, we don't want those. Yeah. We want these instead." Like I, I, I would lose my mind. I'd go crazy. Now we're 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 going to talk about an artist later. Yeah, that clearly just clearly that, that didn't happen because he because the... he put a bunch of songs on an album, and I, I think that's great. Um, but uh, that doesn't happen to every artist. Nope. Most artists, they get stuck with whatever the, the label tells them to do until you reach a status. Unfortunately, you have to reach the status of a Lady Gaga or a Taylor Beyonce Swift. or a Taylor Swift. With that, everything that happened with her and her music. Yep. The, they just look at the producers and they go, I'm sorry, what? You said what? Oh, huh. Seems like what you say doesn't sound like it brings as many dollars as what I say. Yeah. And that's cool as an artist to be able to have that kind of pool where they can go, eh. My mo- the money while. the money I, the money I've made says that I know what tracks to put on an album, which I think that's kind of cool when an artist gets there. But for all the smaller artists, man, it takes a long time to get stuff going. And and a lot of the artists that I listen to ends up being more underground stuff because they're not even on the radio. They're they're doing shows. Yeah. The only way they're well, making money funny, is doing like, shows. You say that, and like I'm very like. I just assume if you're on the radio and making albums that you've got money and that you're fine. And that's not true. Like you, you tell me about album or artists that do like, um, crowd surfing to sourcing. Crowd sourcing. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing mosh pits to raise money. Um, (laughs) crowd sourcing. And I'm like, just make your own album. Like, why do I have to buy this t-shirt to support your album? I got to pay my own electric bill. And, you know, the more you and I have talked about that, the more I do get it, the more I do understand it. And then that's a lot of the way artists 
who aren't mainstream are treated in society the way like I react like yes I want to see your art and I want to hear your music but like I don't want to have anything to do with it like figure it out yourself and that's just an overall like theme of society that is why we're never going to make it. I mean, if you can't, uh, when I was in Vaguely Aware in the early 2000s with Jared, like, if if you can't sell yourself, a label's not going to even try to pick yeah. you up. Like, the only way we made money was tell- selling t-shirts and CDs at the at the booth. Oh my gosh, I wish I had a Vaguely Aware shirt. I got a sticker and a pin. Yeah, I wish I had some shirts too. Uh, we had a really cool shirt that was like this VW bus looking thing, it looked like a Scooby Doo bus. It was brown and it said Vaguely Aware on the side. I wish I had that shirt, man. That was that was a design the three of us came up with. Because you don't often get a lot of brown shirts. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, and that's having been in in been an artist as far as a uh, guitar player for most of my life, a good thirty years of my life now. Um, it, it's a tough industry to be in and, and now we're starting to see things in Hollywood yeah. that Hollywood is not as glamorous as they make it out to be. Cause there's no. a lot of people that are, that are putting their work out there and then their work gets I think, put, put in the closet somewhere and, and then they don't get to, I think the con- it's harder for them to get the next job. You know? I think the concept of paying your dues is something that has been exploited in Hollywood there is paying your dues in everything, starting at the bottom. But I think that overarching concept in Hollywood and a lot of like arts like that is being used for unfair treatment, is being used to do shady things and unethical things that may be legal, but legal doesn't always mean right. Yeah, I think paying your dues is, you know, the girl that gets hit on in the in the, you know, casting call or something. And it's like, I'm even watching, so I'm watching a show, not to veer off the path, but I'm watching a show called Abbott Elementary. And it's really funny. But the principal is a female, and she's always, like, hitting on the guy um, teacher, the guy from Everybody Loves, uh, Everybody Hates Chris. He's a Jim Helpert type on the show. And he was doing, like, a dancing in his classroom with his kids like getting him excited and she walks down the hallway with like a dollar bill in her hand and I'm like haha this is funny but on the other hand if it was reversed yeah that would never be reversed as comedy so I I think as good as that show is and it is pretty well written and it's won some awards I still don't like that because I'm like that still can't be reversed like we why why is it okay for that to be funny and for him to feel that way but if it was a woman, then that would instead be a Law and Order episode where something else happens. It would turn. You know in, what I it, mean? If it, if it was reversed, it would turn into sexual harassment yeah. at work. And yeah. it is that way, and that's how he feels. But because she's doing it, and it's like I I still yeah. I still don't like that. Interesting. I that, tangent off, but interesting that the kid from Everybody Hates Chris is now a teacher in a school instead of going to school. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. that he's not like eleven anymore. Yeah. I don't even understand. <laughs> I was like. When they showed pictures of people from the Golden Globes, I'm like, oh, this guy looks familiar, but I have no idea who he is. And then you said something about reading something that th- that show won something and everybody hates. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's who it is. Yeah, I knew. It. I, I do s- like that show, though. As soon as I saw his face, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that kid. Yeah. So but um, anyway, that's my tangent s- for that. Speaking of artists that have paid their dues in our new segment that we had last mm-hmm. week. It was uh, album anniversaries. So I wanted to pull a couple more for another segment this week. And I got a few artists that have definitely, you can say they have paid their dues. I don't even know what these are going to be, y'all. I'm on the edge of my seat with you. So um, I got, let's see, how many albums do I got? 
I got five, but I'm going to run through them very quickly because I don't want to take a ton of time on this. This is just a small segment. It's not trying to take up a huge amount of time Oh my gosh, you guys, you're going to see him do something quickly for the first time in his life. And go. And go. Um, So 1973, Planet Waves, 50 years old tomorrow. Bob Dylan, Mm. Planet Waves. Um, This is where Forever Young came from. There's oh, okay. there's two versions of the song. There's a four minute version that's slower, and then there's the fast version that was on all the Pepsi commercials and all that kind yeah. of stuff at the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. Um, I can remember my dad walking around singing Bob Dylan. So anytime I hear Bob Dylan, I hear my dad, which is great. Um, there's another song on there called the Wedding Song, and my dad sang that song all the time. Hmm, he I would he would serenade my mom because my mom hates Bob Dylan, but she loves my dad's voice. And he would serenade her with all kinds of Bob Dylan stuff. But Wedding Song was one of the ones uh, that he would sing, which was really cool. So that's 50 years old tomorrow, wow. which is pretty cool. Um, there's a band I like from Sweden called Blindside. Their second album came out 22 years ago on Wednesday. Oh. Called A Thought Crush. crush ah, whoa, boy. Man, I'm, He's now got I, the brain stuff. Now my lips aren't the working. The brain squiggles. A Thought Crushed My Mind. This album. I Thought a thought oh, crushed my that mind. That makes more sense. Um, I heard this album in 2002, so like two years after it came out. So for me, I've been listening to it for 20 years. Um, oh. This song, this album is great. Um, one of the songs on it, literally like, it, it's hardcore, it's punk. Um, there's some screaming, there's some, there's some singing. Uh, they're s- Swedish, so they got a couple of songs that are totally not in English. And I don't know what they said, so I have to look it up sort of thing. Uh, but I love this band. I've seen them a couple times live. They're really good. But they have one song uh, that I like a lot called Vow of Silence. And the way it starts off is so cool because the first thing he yells is um, just like like a, like an, like you would get some – like you're excited for a football game and you're like, yeah. Like it's one of those type of things, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, let's see. Oh, and one of their songs called Kings of the Closet, uh, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm afraid the light will set me afire. Mm. That was my theme when I worked midnights for Quest, because I felt like every time I tried to go to sleep that the light was just going to kill me. I felt like I was a vampire, so. You are pale. Yeah. Um, so, Is that all of them? No, I got oh. two more. Uh, real quick. Uh, Glenn Hansard, singer-songwriter that I uh, love to pieces. He's one of my favorite singer-songwriters of all time. He's Irish. Uh, Between Two Shores. Uh, this album is five years old on Wednesday. Or Between Two Ferns. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Between Two Shores. Ah. Um, so he's, they start. Uh, he starts off with a song called Roll On Slow. That's and there's, a good song. There's a lyric in the song that says, it's, it's on roll, blasting out from the E Street radio. And that shout-out alone, just, like, this is his third solo album at this point in 2018. And when I heard that on the first song, I was like, my two worlds just collided. Because he just shouted out Bruce Springsteen. Yep. That is so cool. Like, to know that, like, an artist that I like a lot from another country who's a successful artist also... He's, I don't know, he's not much older than me. He's probably about 10 years older than me. But that means he grew up listening to Bruce Springsteen just like I did. He has one of those looks that he could be 30, he could be 50, I don't know. (laughs) But not in a bad way. No, no, for sure. Just like in a, huh. Um, But he's got a song called Moving On that I heard him do in two concerts before this album even came out. 
Um, so he was doing that uh, years before he put that on the album, which was really cool. And then he's got some really cool horns on a song called Lucky Man. Mm-hmm. And the the horns are just so cool, man. It's just uh, every time I hear the chords, uh, the horns, I can't help but smile. It just yeah. puts a smile on your face. It's just really cool. Um, Bob Dylan released another album that is 48 years old. Mm. And uh, that is Blood on the Tracks, 1975. You were Um, talking about this one the other day. Tangled Up in Blue. A lot of storytelling on this album, but my favorite Bob Dylan song, Meet Me in the Morning, is on this album. I, I, there is, that song is just so cool, man. Like, and I've heard like covers of it and stuff. I like when other bands do covers and put their twist on it, but he does a lot of really good storytelling on that album. Um, cool. The last one I have, the final one I have, uh, is John Mayer. Mm. So he released an album called The Search for Everything. And then when he did it, he released four songs one month, four songs the next month, four songs the last month. And the first EP came out on January 20th, 2017, which was the day that I officially was at the court and got officially divorced mm. from my first wife um and i was get i did that and then i you know got in my car and i'm headed to work and jared texted me and he was like hey man did you see have you heard the ep yet it came out and i'm at a stoplight buying it <laughs> that i believe because i could safety first because i couldn't stream it at that point yeah. uh, apple music wasn't uh wasn't kicking the way it is now and uh i bought it and the first song on the album is moving on and getting over and that will forever be the best John Mayer song I've ever heard because it happened. I heard it at the timing. right timing. Yeah. Um, man, what a great what a great song that is! And then he's got a line from another song uh, called "Changing," and the line is just simply, "I'm not done. I'm not done changing." And I think that's just man, there's so much to pull from that that uh, every time I hear it, it's always it's always new. Like, yeah. I'm not done changing. Like, I that's like just that. Yeah, we is. should all be changing and learning and growing and doing all that. Like, I really like John Mayer's music. We all know. John Mayer is John Mayer's a lyricist, man. He knows yeah. what he's doing. He can play just about anything on guitar. My dad would talk about how John Mayer was the best guitar player of my generation that could play any style yeah. of music you put in front of him. Um, well, yeah. easing into our entertainment section will be some more music today. We each have an album that we're going to be talking about, but I'm just going to do a quick shout out to a couple things I've been listening to. I have been listening to the original Broadway cast recording of Les Mis for a while now. (laughs) I I would venture to say that I could probably be in it at this point. Wow. Because I know everything that's happening. So you do speak French. That also leads me to another (laughs) album that I've been listening to a lot. Um, Edith Piaf, she's a French singer. Um, a hundred, oh, yeah. A hundred chansons, which means French songs, so a hundred French songs. Um, there was one of them that played, that I've heard in other movies, but when we were at the Van Gogh exhibit, the immersive exhibit, yep. one song started playing while they were doing it, and it has the crescendo and the buildup, and I was like, only Shazam this, because, you know. I, and I did, and I was like, oh, and then I found that album, and it's all in French. Um, it's 100 songs. They're shorter, but yeah, it's great. I love it. That's really good. The song she's talking about was used in the movie Inception. It was uh, used right before the kick, which the kick was the notification of like, hey, you got to get out of here and go back up a level. Otherwise, you're going to 
you could possibly be stuck down here spoke forever. French in high, since high school, but it's called "Non Je Ne Regrette Rien." Yeah, um, but yeah, they use that song a lot in Inception. Mm-hmm. That chorus part, yeah. that crescendo part, which is really really cool. Uh, Hans Zimmer did some cool stuff with that. Yeah, throughout so the soundtrack. So those yeah, are that, two things I've been listening to a lot. And then the album he talked about earlier when he referenced people putting like a few songs on an album. Um, the album is called American Heartbreak and it's by Zach Bryan and it has 34 songs on it. 34 tracks. Like that is insane <laughs> to me. I have never like that could be three albums, but instead he made one album, 34 songs. So I guess you could say for all argument's sake, because everything has to be classified, that he would be country. I lean a little bit more towards singer-songwriter folk. And sure. it depends on where you're looking, because I've looked him up a few times, and one place said folk, one place said country. He's probably younger than us, you know, um, wearing his, like, denim jacket with the the collar thing, you know, that kind of, like, look. But he is a singer-songwriter, and he's got a little bit of, like, gravel in his voice. Not a lot, but his writing is very story-driven, very narrative-driven. And you can picture every story. It it's probably the most recent thing I've or the most like newer thing that takes me to Springsteen, takes me to listening to Thunder Road and picturing the river and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um. I that's what I really like about it. One of his the biggest hit like on the radio is um. There's something in the orange. That's a great song. It is a great song. The last track on the album is a talking track. And it has a callback line to the There's Something in the Orange, which is the second song. But I love There's Something in the Orange, um, Late July, Oklahoma City, Darling, Mine Again, um, Cold Damn Vampires. It's such a good album. He also does a You Are My Sunshine cover, which is pretty good. But it is just good. It is story driven. He deals with a lot. There's like addiction stuff on there. There's love on there. There's knowing when to walk away, you know, from relationships. There's, it's got a lot of that 70 vibe. I really like it. And when I listened to it, before I even read what Apple Music said about him, I was like, and Steven said this too independently, he kind of sounds like Jason Isbell on a, a couple little, songs. A little bit, yeah. Jason Isbell is an artist that we really like that Steven turned me on to. And when I was reading the Apple Music blurb, it was like, in the vein of Jason Isbell and somebody else. And I was, I was like, Oh, okay. Look at me just learning my music, but it's a really good album. I, I recommend it. And oddly enough, I put it on Friday while I was working before I picked up Katie and Darren. And I yelled on the stairs this Steven And I was like, I think I've listened to this 34 track album three times today because <laughs> it's just, and it flows, it flows so well from topic to just, It's hard for me to even like pick the songs that I liked because I honestly like all 34 songs and the talking track is very rare these days. A lot of people don't have them. We were just talking about Tyson Motzenbacher had his so many people don't have that anymore. And I just think it's just such a unique and different way to close the album and the album flows so well that I just press play again and it flows right back to the beginning. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a good album. It, I had you listen to. I don't know if you listened to the whole thing, but I did listen to the whole thing. Okay. Um, I was sitting here working, and I just put it on in the background and and listened while I was doing server stuff. And um, it's a it's a good album. Like I had, 
I heard various different things. I would hear a harmonica and I'd be like, all right, so that's some Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan influence. I, I hear his voice and it, it sounded sometimes like Jason Isbell, sometimes like Ryan Bingham. Yeah. Like, um, like he's, he has his own sound, um, that's very unique, but like I, the way he would say a word, I'd be like, oh man, this is like, he must be from the South as well, because he sounds like Jason Isbell saying that word that Jason Isbell, he'll sing that word. It sounds the same or whatever. Um, so definitely not saying that he's copying anybody because that's not the case in, in, in being a musician as a guitar player, people have accused me of, of, of trying to sound like Steve Ray Vaughan, of which I always take as a compliment because I don't think I sound anywhere close um, at all. But, like, you can tell that I listened to a lot of it growing up. So that's what I'm meaning is that you can tell he listened to Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen growing up because he's got that kind of style. He knows how to write, which is really cool. And, I Um, I mean, this isn't, like, his first album, but this is – the there's something in the orange caught me when every now and again I'll just put on like the Apple Country station and a lot of times it's like skip 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 but um it was when I found the what was it called Tennessee Orange Tennessee Orange but yeah. you know about like the vols and that song was funny and then there's something in the orange and I was like man this is good and when a song hits me and the sound is so good I'm like I've got to listen to the artist I've got to listen to the whole album from this and I think. I listened to maybe three songs on the country station playlist until I got to there's something in the orange and then I was like, stop. And then I just started listening to Zach Bryan's album. And that's the same thing that happened to me with Tyson Motzenbacher. Yeah. He showed up like the second or third song and I was like, all right, I'm going to go listen to him now. Yeah. (laughs) I got to listen to him. I need you to give me an album recommendation or something because... Or where to like start. I've liked everything I've overheard and I I feel like I'll probably be like, Oh, I have inadvertently been listening to him, but his stuff, oh my gosh, Milk Teeth is such a good album that he put out last year. I love Yeah, you just bought two um, of his vinyls. All the bars whose names have changed. Uh oh my gosh. I love that I love that song so much. It's such a great uh, such a great song. Um he's 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 got some good stuff. I'll give you some good stuff. But he's okay. the one who did the talking track, obviously, yeah. for um, A Kind Invitation, which I recommend to everyone to go listen to that. Take yourself take yourself five minutes. Go find yourself a quiet place and just sit down and listen to A Kind Invitation. Listen to the words. Don't play on your phone. Just just yeah. listen to the words and what, what he's saying. It's Man, it's such a cool story. It's such a cool way to look at life. Um, man, I like it. It's It's cool. Um, but yeah. Well, next up is a Stephen album that he has been waiting to talk about. So, Stephen, without further ado, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen, we're we're taking a we're taking a step up in the music. We're moving out of folk. We're moving into metal. I don't know if it's a step up. It's just a step different. It's a step different. It's step up in pace. Step up in sound. Step up in noise level. Um, That's true. This band, Fit for a King, if you listen to our podcast, our best of for last year, I picked um, The Hell We Create, the album they put out October of last year. I picked that as one of my top five albums of the year. Um, I, literally, I have not stopped listening to this album. I love it so much. It's so good. Like I have not found a metal album that I like this much in probably, I don't know, eight or ten years, of which I just cannot stop. Like I wake up in the morning hearing hearing tracks in my head and i'm like all right i just got to put it on um i did listen to it as well so this i'll be able to chime in this album lyrically is born out of trauma 
it is that something that that so Jess and I obviously Jess doesn't listen to a lot of metal, so we've had a few conversations about metal, and I've tried to tell her things about uh, what goes into a screamer screaming instead of singing, and a lot of times it has to do with the words that the person is saying giving more emotion to them versus just singing them. Like Mm -hmm. if you listen to Celine Dion, Celine Dion doesn't sing everything at a low tone. Sometimes she is screaming some lyrics out in a very high octave to give you the, the emotion to it. I guess that's true. I never thought of it like that. Whitney Houston, Tina Turner, like Beyonce, they hit those high notes, Mariah Carey, they hit all those high notes and they give you that emotion by giving you that crescendo and giving you that high Metal is very much that way with the music. They have a thing that's called a breakdown where like you have this rhythm of a song that's going and then they change it on you. Mm-hmm. And it turns into something that like if if you like that kind of music, it turns into something where your head cannot stop from moving because it just you feel the groove of it. The screamers do the same thing. There's a lot of stuff that they, you know, there's a lot of uh, screamers that just scream just to scream. This album with Fit for a King is not that way. This dude sings. This dude screams. He does. He does both. He has some that are what's called like a guttural scream, mm-hmm. where it sounds yeah. like it's coming from his stomach. Because you can sing as well as scream from very different places: your stomach, yeah. your diaphragm, your throat, your head. You can do from all those places. So, this album has some parts where, like. Man, when he's screaming out some lyrics, the lyrics are born from trauma. So he did an interview, and it's on it's on a website called Krang.com. But he did this interview, and he mentioned these. I'll, I'll read a quote real quick so that you can understand the lyrical context of where it's from. He's like, in short, my wife and I adopted children and had to homeschool them. She almost died from a stroke. Um, and... This is basically a way to raise awareness of what happened. So they adopted a bunch of uh, several kids. I think they adopted two or three kids. Um, But they had been in the foster system before them and been in 17 different homes. Oh, my. And they talk about, he talks about in his lyrics on several of the songs, the hell we create is basically from, it's, it's based on thoughts and actions that we do not only to ourselves, but to those around us. Um, so he's like, we make poor decisions such as, you know, having a, a new son or a daughter, and we make poor decisions that are taking from bio parents, our own parents. Sometimes we get bad things from them, and it creates this hell for the kids in which, you know, like these things just happen, and then sometimes you don't know it till you're in the middle of it. And in their case, they adopted kids that were out of the foster system. And then while having those kids, his wife had a stroke and was in the hospital. One of the songs is entirely written from the point of view that he, his wife was in surgery and he was told a 98% chance that she would not survive. So he wrote one song literally that was his emotions and everything from that night thinking he would never see his wife again. And it's, I'm telling you, man, the lyrics on this album are so, so good. I will say, too, like, he's talking metal and screaming, but, like, for me, this song has a lot of, like, alt-hard rock feel to it as yeah. well. Like, I I like the album. I like the first four songs are probably my favorite songs on the album. 
Um, but I hear the lyric, like I was surprised because when I listened, I was like expecting to just to hear a lot of yelling. I didn't understand, but I did hear like good lyrics and I was like, wow, I like this. And he's like, maybe you can, maybe you'll want to come to the concert with me and Ricky. And I was like, yeah, if it was just this, but they have <laughs> other albums and this is like their most, I guess, quote unquote, mellow of all the albums. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but, and there's still some screaming on, as soon as I said that, I was like, oh, picked up on this one and I'm being yelled at. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, they have, man, they have so much stuff. Uh, but he talks about, like I mentioned, he talked about his wife. His wife had three brain surgeries after the stroke. Three. Wow. Like 98% blockage in, in some of her major, major arteries, like insane in fact like i can't even like try to wrap my head around being in that situation um and i always find it like i always find when artists are able to turn around and put pen to paper or put fingers to notes and actually be able to emote that through music i Mm -hmm. always find that fascinating like yeah um and whether it be good or bad like you talked about a couple weeks ago of tina turner the simply the best like that was from a good place like and she wrote that song and it's it's an emotional song to listen to when you think about where she's coming from and that's that's what metal is a lot for me like i have to i have to tap into where they're at and then when i when i figure out like that's what helped me a lot with this album because i read this article before listening to the album and i was like all right I'm interested. I heard some clips already, but like now I'm interested knowing that like he's writing this from full, every single well, lyric the, is the from experience. The self-expression of art, whether it's visual art or audio art, what's put in from you, not like an actor playing a role as much as a artist that is a singer or a painter, someone that's putting everything of them into it, getting raw and getting vulnerable and you can't help to con- you can't help but to connect to it even if it's not your specific genre like maybe fit for a king isn't my normal genre but i could still connect to the songs too lyrically i really liked falling through the sky i really liked sink below like there's a couple songs i really liked that i could connect with for me you mentioned uh falling through the sky he said that falling through the sky is um it's about um Let's see. Let's see if I can find the quote. Uh, his all the lyrics came from 2020 with uh, his wife almost dying and him losing his job in the pandemic and feeling like he fell apart. And the lyrics for it are like falling through the sky like a satellite. Yeah. Like and the breakdown in the music that that I mentioned earlier with metal and it's the lyrics are simply like it's darker when your body hits the ground. Yeah. And like. I mean, the first time I heard that, because he's doing it from like a guttural scream, like hair stood up on the back of my neck. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. Like he's talking about literally like everything being pulled out from underneath him, his whole life, like li- li- losing his job, almost losing his wife. And literally he is telling you right now that it feels like falling through the sky and it's even darker when you hit rock bottom. Yeah. And like, I think like that is once again, we've, We've talked uh, several times that that like that conversation is not it, it's it happens more these days. Yeah, but it's still kind of taboo to talk about that kind of feeling of hitting rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I like about this. He's not afraid to put it out there. Like that's the chorus. He's singing the chorus, like talking about falling through the sky and feeling like a satellite. Yeah, and that, like 
man, I every every time that that song comes on, like that was in my top ten favorite songs I heard all year last year. I feel like both of the albums that we picked are very a lot of self expression, a lot of like variety and like sharing and vulnerability in the music, but just two very different genres. But you can find like. I don't know if anything being with Steven has opened. I've always had a lot of musical taste, like taste across the genres, but even more so now, I think different artists that he discovers and shares with me that I probably would have never found or even listening to a little bit more metal, like Maylene and the sons of disaster is nothing I would have listened to. So, um, I'll, I'll leave, uh, this album, review talk about with this comment from him the very last song is called what you left behind um and he said that the song is from two perspectives one being my wife and i's and the other being our kids it's a song speaking to their biological parents about how how hard it is for them to move on and the hurt and trauma that they've caused them how pride is keeping them from being a part of their life but not owning up to their mistakes and the pain they've caused you don't get any more real yeah. than that. Like, man, it's just such a such a good album. Uh, lyrically, probably one of the best lyrical albums I've heard in a long time in metal. Um, the lead singer's name is Ryan Kirby. I went back and got the rest of their library, and I've been listening to it and listening to albums here, parts here and there, and songs here and there. Because I'm Ricky and I are going to go see them in March, so I got to know yeah. their other stuff. And I've had I had their first album, but I didn't listen to much after that. They've had like four albums since their first one um but man this album and they're touring for it and they're which means they're probably going to do a good six or seven or eight songs off of it which would be great yeah they're headlining um like it's exciting like those guys are excited i think they're over in europe right now and they haven't they've never toured they've been in they're in germany i don't think they've ever been there before or something like that so i'm excited to see them but um if you like hard rock and you don't mind if it gets a little bit harder than hard rock, um, I say give it a listen. Yeah, if you for like sure. if you like metal, absolutely give it a listen. Uh, these guys are they are so good, man. They they have hit a stride now that like I will pay attention to everything they put out. Yeah, this is cool. the this is the album that grabbed me. Which is also an interesting thing about music is that sometimes, like you mentioned, with um, with Zach Bryan, that that's not his first album. No. But you'll probably go back and listen to some I other probably stuff. will, but who has had the time I'm listening to the thirty four track <laughs> album? I haven't had time yet. <laughs> yeah, so so that's the thing. Like it just depends like on where you where you caught them and what album mm-hmm. grabbed you. And where you're at. And just I think that's a really cool thing about music. It a lot of it is where you are in your life, what speaks to you. When I listen to a new album, I like to put it on while I'm doing laundry or doing stuff around the house because I want to hear what actually picks my ear what I actually hear not just sitting down and really listening I like to know what is sticking out to me and then I'll re-listen to it again you know as a whole but yeah and I like to listen to stuff until it's just ingrained into my head and ingrained into my wife's head sometimes yes (laughs) whether she likes it or not he was listening to something the other day and I was like oh I've never listened to them and then as he listened to it I was like no I have I have I've listened to this album inadvertently (laughs) On that note, <laughs> I think that's all you guys have to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, our WordPress. If you can, if we can just say. Um, 
Tumblr, if we can yeah. just say. We're all, all those places. We're working on the website. We're just trying to figure that out as we go. It's a learning curve for me, but um, yeah. there'll be more stuff there. Yeah. Sounds good. Yep. I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all. Testing one, two. Uh, oh, boy. Tired. Yeah, now everybody's going to yawn. <laughs>